This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. And to review yet another win, I think that's 17 consecutive wins, both at Leicester City in the league and against, who was that lot? We played Feyenoord, that's right, in the Champions League. Uh, I've got uh, three people in the studio. We've got a view from a blue who's still contributing to a national newspaper with his weekly thoughts on the blues. Uh, Stephen Allwise, welcome back. Thank you. And back after being away for too long, it's a huge welcome back to Ollie Black. Thank you very much. Good to be back. And also welcome back to the ever-entertaining Tony Newgrosh. Hello. And you're always, you, you entertain me, Tony. Well, and thank you and, very and much. all three listeners as well, I believe. <laughs> Good to have you back. Um, the Man City Show is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Sign up and deposit £50, and Ladbrokes will put the same amount into your account, giving you up to £50 worth of free bets. And you can find the link at bet.citypodcast.net. Uh, so City have now gone... 17 games in all competitions unbeaten. It's Guardiola's 50th win in just 75 games, and many pundits are saying that we are playing the best football ever seen in the Premier League. Would you say that? I mean, you obviously have watched every game in the whole of the Premier League. Ever. Ever. Uh, back to... But, the, but they are saying that, aren't they? I think it probably... I was born, actually, the weekend the Premier League started in 92. That's mm. a fun fact, with a loose know. definition of fun. Um it's brilliant. Even now, when we're not scoring as many goals as we have been at, at times, it, the football, the sort of con- how consistent we are in being brilliant. We could have scored five or six against Leicester. Um, the final pass a few times from Sané was was poor, but we just don't look as if we're going to lose in the Premier League. You know, okay, we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to to the final game when we changed a few players, but. You know, everyone's expecting us to slip up and at some point I'm sure we will in the Premier League and we'll drop points but every time that anyone mentions complacency to Pep in a press conference he's on it straight away always talking about how he'll kill the players if we don't perform and they look as if they don't want to be killed at the minute they're going out there and it, it's just stunning to watch and the best football you've ever seen Tony I guess is it or you, you got can you name a, a side that can uh, can actually 
you can say you saw better football than Marginally this. Marginally eclipses uh, Wickham away, where we lost one 0 I seem to recall. Yeah, we've been unbelievable, so consistent, and just a joy to watch. No panics, just great football. Great bunch of lads playing with a smile on their face and just steamrolling everyone in sight. Couldn't be better. What's excited you most, Ollie, about this season? I mean, you, you've been watching City probably less than anybody here, but but even so, I mean, you must be thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah, no, I'm, I, you know, as Stephen and Tony both say, I'm thoroughly enjoying the season. It's as good a football as I've ever seen. What excites me the most? I mean, that's a difficult question, but yeah, maybe the last two games aren't a sort of great example of that. But, you know, the goals that we're scoring, the diversity of the players, the adaptability of everyone in the team. I mean, the tactics that Pep Guardiola is playing are very, very obvious. And yeah, I mean, it's a very, very exciting time for the club. And yeah, happy to be. Well, say a part of it, but happy to be here watching it. But the Invincibles, the, the Arsenal side of, what's it, 2003-04, where they went the whole season unbeaten. Um, people are talking about this. It's a question everybody keeps going on about. Stephen's re- referred to it already. Um, do you think we can go the whole Premier League season unbeaten? Is that a realistic in this day and age? Is that really realistic? Well, I mean, you, you, you're definitely right. It's the question that people are asking you, because actually the guys that just came out of the last podcast asked me the question, do you think we'll do it? Um, as a city, I, I don't think we will do it. I don't think we're going to be invincible. I think I'm very confident in the way I think the season will go, but I think we will drop points. I think it's going to happen. I think there'll be a couple of points here and there. I don't think we're going to go all season, but I don't think it will jeopardise the fact that I think we're going to hopefully win the league. So, yeah, that's my view. Yeah, there's going to be a bit of game management somewhere, isn't there? Hopefully we'll be uh, pushing on on four fronts and he will have to rest a few players for the odd game. If that means, well, we don't go unbeaten the whole season and just have to settle for four trophies, I, I suspect we can all live with that. So would be great, but I don't think it's something we should focus on too much, certainly not at this stage of the season. Should we start with the Leicester game then, Stephen? And uh, Apart from the difficulties getting into the ground and sort of one steward on each gate, which was uh, a bit of a challenge for both of us, I know. Um, company was back. Let's sort of start with that. Um, and your thoughts when you saw that? Um, Obviously, Otamendi, I think, was was suspended for that game anyway, so he had to make a change at the back. And, and seeing Company's name on the team sheet, what were your thoughts when you saw that? I think whenever you see Company's name, you feel reassured. Um, it probably says a lot for, for Otamendi and Stones pretty much all season that we've not really missed Company. I think those two have been outstanding. Really, both of them have kicked on from last year. But Company is the leader, you know, captain... He, he just adds that, that presence to the back line, wins his headers, wins his tackles, probably not as good on the ball as Stones and Otamendi, and that in time may be not his downfall, but an element that he needs to work on. But I thought he looked as if he hadn't been away. Sharp, quick to the tackle. Um, he just gives that authority at the back. Quick to the tackle in the second minute, not quite quick enough. Yeah, he was lucky, wasn't he? Could have gone. Could have gone. I think he uh, Stones did a good job, didn't he? Carried on running after he'd uh, taken Vardy down. I think did just about enough to convince the referee to have been a red card. It, but it felt like gone. it was an orange. You know, if he gets a yellow, you think he's got away with one. If it's a red, it's probably a bit harsh. I but, but more towards the red scale I of orange. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say I think it was a definite red, to be honest. I mean, and the truth is, if that decision would have gone a different way, it could have changed the face of the game, without a doubt. That's, you know... I mean, the the factors are, you've made the, the point, Tony, Stones, you know, could he have got back? The fact it wasn't, you know, it was still a fair distance 
to goal. It wasn't sort of four yards out, was it exactly? It was just the keep to beat. I think there was some distance. I think the other there factor was, was two, min- two minutes in as well. Yeah, it shouldn't you know, strictly should it. Uh, it's either it a red card or not, no matter when it is. I mean, it's a stupid rule, isn't it? I mean, if you deny some of the goals for an opportunity, give a penalty and let's get on with the game would be, would be my solution. But there you go. The rules are what they are. And, uh, well, glad to see him stay on the pitch. But, uh, yeah, it would have been interesting down to 10 then. But... But then us. some people talk about, oh, it was Vardy, he's quick, he's going to catch on to it. That, you can correct me as a qualified official, Nigel, but I don't think that should play a part. It shouldn't differ whether it's Vardy or Karadi. Do you see what he did then? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, I did. Um, you know, it shouldn't depend on no, how quick the striker I mean, is. You know the answer. It, do, it doesn't. And, and as Tony says, it doesn't matter what time, whether it's two minutes or 19 minutes, it's absolutely nothing to do with that. Can, can I just challenge Tony a second on this sort of, he's got a we shouldn't have this law that says that, you know, you get sent off if you deny an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. But it's that situation that was brought in, of course, for that kind of that, the fella on the line, the keeper's out, you know, out on the penalty spot. And, and this fella sort of sticks his hands up and tips it over the bar, the, the right back. And it's kind of that sort of situation where they don't do that anymore because they know they're going to be down, be well, down to 10 Well, sometimes they do. And, you know, rugby, you give a penalty try and that's it. You've stopped someone scoring. Give a goal or give a penalty, I think, in that series. It'd be far fair. I mean, how often do you see someone tumbling down in the corner of the penalty box, nowhere near the goal, penalty? Why should that be? Why should you get a penalty for that? Rubbish. Okay. Well, it's not, you know, it's not like you to be so direct, is it? For, you know, for a show. Entertaining and direct, all in the same. In the same, in the same show. It's unbelievable. But I think we learn from mistakes quite quickly against Leicester. Because after that incident, after two minutes, Vardy didn't have a sniff. You know, they cut out that supply to him. Mares skinned Delph the first time he got the ball. After that, Delph just crunched every tackle and was, I think, one of the standout performers. I agree. Um, so I guess we're lucky to get away with the, the two examples when they broke through and had the upper hand. But after that, we just shut it down. I mean, yeah, go on, I say, I mean it's, it's gone against us earlier this season again, hasn't it? We had a ridiculous sending off against Everton. Oh. So... Yeah, so there you go. Sometimes sure. it goes to you, sometimes it doesn't. It evens itself out over the course of a season. <laughs> yeah, sure. So Mr. Mr. Wenger, funnily enough, didn't mention that this weekend, <laughs> did he? But uh, I don't think there he did. you go. Did he see it? I don't know. Whether, I don't know whether he saw it or not. Can I just sort of talk about the other issue then in terms of defence? Because obviously Mendy's out already, and then we had the injury to Stone. So we haven't. I think Pep said the press conference this week we haven't got a massive squad uh, which is strange isn't it with all the money that was spent but but looking at the the back line we haven't got many options company if he sort of gets another injury uh, and we've got Mendy who's still out for a while he's going to come back I think the Champions League semi-final people keep talking about we've got to get there first Um, and then Stones thinks out for six weeks so Mm. that does leave us a little bit tight at the back doesn't it I suppose we've got uh, our friend Mangala, who can always step in. Yeah, I mean, I think that was quite a tactical decision to play Mangala in the game against Feyenoord because, I mean, he knows that he's going to have to step up, step up to the mark. He's going to be called upon because of the Stones injury and he's going to have to, you know, play in that position. But I think the great thing about this season is I think the thing that Pep Guardiola is very good at, he does enable other players that aren't out-and-out centre-backs to be able to play in that position. So you can bring other players in. That's That's my view, I think. You know, yeah, I think I think we'll be okay. Um, yeah. Why why not Tosin? Why is he sort of because he's 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 bloodied a couple of the other youngsters when we come off the European game and made their Champions League debuts, the two young lads, Foden and Diaz. But but he seems to be reluctant to, to blood Tosin. Uh, would he not get get in ahead of Mangala? Got, well, clearly not. Mangala's the one who's been on the bench all season with company out injured, so naturally he's the next one to step in. 
I don't think we'll see Mangala too often. I think it will be company and Otamendi every game. And but that's if, my point. Sorry and if company you. needs a break... But you, I'm sorry, going to interrupt you saying that we won't, we, we won't see him very often. So if we're not going to see him very often, why don't we give Tosin a go? Because I think we're more likely to see Walker at centre-back with Danilo in the team. Or Danilo at centre-back, Walker at right-back. Yeah. I, I just don't think he's got any faith in Mangala. And given that Tosin's only played a couple of Carabao Cup games, I don't think he's got much faith in him there either. Yeah, I mean, he was only 42 million Mangala, was he? I mean, you don't get much for that these days. But um, he had a nightmare against Wolves, didn't he, to be honest? He still looks very clumsy. But this is my point. He's had a nightmare. He's, he's, he's probably our worst centre-back, and yet he's getting in there ahead of Tosin. And I, and I don't understand that. I don't, he, he's, not, he's not our future. He's clearly sh- probably should have gone in the summer. He, you know, so so I, I don't see, get... Pep must see Tosin every day in training. And he's decided that... You know, Mangala is the lesser of two evils when it comes to those two. It doesn't say a lot for Tosin. Um, can we talk about the goals then as well? Because there were two very contrasting goals, weren't there? You know, you had the amazing football that you referred to earlier, Ollie, um, of that sort of one-touch stuff and just just cutting defences apart, and then just a cracker um, from yeah, yeah. Uh, from KDB. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it shows, as I say again, the diversity that we've got and the fact that yes, we can play it through the middle and pass it through and play a sidewards ball for someone to tap it in. But also you've got the sort of, you know, you've got Kevin De Bruyne who at the moment is unstoppable and can do anything and can shoot from outside the box. He can find the final ball. I mean, yeah, he's the, he's the top boy at the moment for me. And your favourite goal of the two, sort of two, I say, very contrasting goals, did you, which did you prefer? to? Oh, I, they were both brilliant. Have you ever seen an entire back six just stood there looking utterly befuddled for the first goal? And similarly for the second goal, they had, what, five, six defenders back? One touch, took them all out, smack. Absolutely phenomenal finish. Exactly my point. So now answer the question. Okay. So of the, t- of the two, which was your favourite goal? They were very contrasting goals. I'm going to go for the second because it mm. clinched the game. You agreeing with that? Or do you like that tippy-tappy stuff? No, I like the tippy-tappy, because you often see you know, wonder goals, goals from outside the box, powerful drives, win, goal of the season, goal of the month. I just think a team goal, especially it's you know it's Sterling who created that, as opposed to De Bruyne or Silva who you expect. Um, and to Ollie's point before, we've got such a range of options. Um, you've got De Bruyne likes a shot from outside the box. Fernandinho, Delph has let fly, and then you've got you know the pace out wide. You've got the two strikers that can create something from nothing. Silva and De Bruyne. It's you know you can't stop one player and stop City we've got so many different options these days but sorry to interrupt but let's remember that second goal started from them hitting the post in our own penalty box and 22 seconds later having thought they'd learned from the first goal whereby we'll pile everyone back in the box De Bruyne just completely bamboozles them from 25 yards just brilliant a great break great speed absolutely ruthless I don't know whether you noticed this, Stephen, but actually something that reminded me of kind of, the, I'm showing my age now, the late 60s and the early 70s, where if a player from the opposing team had had a good game, you would actually applaud him off the pitch. Hasn't happened for years. But actually, I did notice a number of Leicester supporters who put their hands together when KDB went off. It wasn't just the City fans. There was genuine appreciation for yet another masterclass from, from, from Kevin. Good from, from Leicester. I don't actually think he had his best game. I don't, I don't think it was even top five for him this season. I think in terms of, you know, he, okay, he produced that one moment of brilliance for the goal. I don't think he was as consistent or controlled the game as he has done for much of this season. Um, and yet it probably tells you how good he has been when that's 
I wouldn't like to work for you, I tell you. <laughs> Talk about hard man to please. Yeah, he was pretty. You, you were saying he was, pre- he was pretty. He was pretty. Well, he was averagely brilliant, wasn't he? I think we'll take that. But what's your view I, on this applauding? Just sort of, j- just in terms of my, am I just being old-fashioned? And no, no, but it, it was the same at Watford away last year. Actually, he got applauded off by the Watford fans, yeah. who were a marvellous bunch of fans. I have to say, he got spanked six 0 and were still. And they didn't really play that good. badly, are they? Talk no. about it to, to this very day. Mm-hmm. They say we didn't actually play that no. badly against City. And uh, yeah, your thoughts on no, that? no. I think Stephen, you're absolutely right. I'll agree with you that it wasn't KDB's first game. Sorry, best game. But then again, you've got to look at it and saying it wasn't City's best game either. But we still got a goal. As we still got a win. KDB still got a goal. It sort of proves what sort of position we're in at the moment. And no, it wasn't our best day. But you know, we're getting the three points. And at the end of the day, that's what we add up at the end of the season. Exactly. Along similar lines, actually, Sane getting Player of the Month from the Premier League. Baffling. I think he's been poor this month, but he scored in games. Mm. He's been, you know, the final ball or he's wasted a few chances and done little for 80 minutes. Just a personal view, because he then provides a brilliant assist or one goal, I don't think that means he's had a good game. Who, who would you have given it to? Who's ahead of Sane then? I think... De Bruyne overall, Fernandinho I think is sensational and doesn't receive anywhere near the praise he deserves. No, Delph every game just gives yeah. us that balance. Stones. Yeah, I think Stones has been brilliant to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's a shame that he got injured, but up until then he's been outstanding. Is anybody who's had a bad season? I mean, this, I mean, it's just getting a bit boring, isn't it really? We just talk about the amazing football we're playing, the, the, the continue. So who's, let, let's try and turn this around. Who's, who has disappointed this season? Is anybody you can think of? I mean, to be totally honest with you, Diaz was on for about a minute yesterday and didn't do much. But, uh, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I think it's very In difficult. the Premier League, who's, who's, who's disappointed you? Who's been City's Abs- worst player? Here we go. Abs- Here we go. Well, City's worst absolutely. player this season. Here we go. Come on. Yeah, well, Come on. Entertainers now with that answer. I, I can't give you an answer to that. I don't think anyone has let us down. They've all been brilliant. And if you compare how we played on Saturday to when we got turned over by Leicester last year, sure. and there's not that much difference in the squads, is there? We've got Walker right back, a better goalkeeper we'd all accept. But it's the other nine are pretty much the same, and yet something has changed, and right. that is Pep. Stroppy Git has got, got his, his least favourite player. Wait for this, here we go. Not a least favourite, not someone who's been poor this season, but... I expected more. Here we go. Bernardo. Mm. With a caveat, obviously, he probably needs some time to adapt. And he's he not just started many games, he though, hasn't, to be fair. But, and I personally, I don't think he's playing in the right position. I don't think he's got any pace. He's got no right foot. And he's playing on the right wing. So he always wants to cut inside. He hasn't quite adapted yet. I think he's probably more suited to that silver or De Bruyne, a slightly deeper role where he sees more of the ball and has options in front of him. I don't think he's in any way a direct replacement for Sterling or Sane. So but he'll, he'll be absolutely fine. But I don't think he's done anything of note so far. So Bernardo Silva's been shit as far as you're concerned this season. That's what you're saying, is it? Then Your you... word's not mine, Nigel. <laughs> See, this is a man born in the 90s, isn't it? He exactly. didn't have to live through that dross of the 80s and the late 70s. They've all been brilliant, son. All right? <laughs> brilliant. Um, right. Did you hear that? They've all been brilliant. I agree with him. Okay. They've all been amazing. Okay. Um, can we they talk... But okay. So Even Bravo in the League Cup, I'd hasten to it. Mangala. <laughs> yeah. You're not telling me he's been brilliant. Okay. But yeah, he's had about nine minutes of football. Yeah, a bit like Diaz. So we've had nine minutes and one minute. Those two yeah. haven't been great. And uh, six of those he was sat on his ass for, I think, as well. Wasn't it? <laughs> um, no Aguero. Not our first choice striker now. So is that something to say? Isn't it? Our, 
leading goal scorer of all time, hero, and we don't even need him anymore. Just sort of sits on the bench and uh, sort of don't need him. Oh, we need him. Yeah? We need him, yes. Didn't start him against Leicester. No, and he'd, had a, he'd had a bit of a turn during the week, hadn't he? And he travelled a long way. And uh, we got the luxury of being able to rotate. Had a bit of a fainting fit, didn't he? Um, anything else you can think about? about uh, anything I've missed in the Leicester game before we move on to on Feyenoord? Well, can I just say one thing? You can say anything you like, I just, my friend. I just have to say this. My dream job is the guy who puts together those City Beats video on the City website. Have you seen those? Mm. Best bits of the match to music. I want that job, and yeah. I want to choose the music. I want the Nolan sisters on next week. It will be fabulous. I'm also, I agree with you. I've watched them. I'm also a little bit gutted that Tunnel Cam doesn't do Champions League games because I'm a big fan of those as well. Yeah, it's good stuff. But no, I want, I want that job. Well, we, we can we, listen. If anybody knows, Nigel can make it yeah. happen. Have a, have have a word. Well, well, I'll have a word for you. But also, yeah. you know, our, our three listeners out there, if you know uh, how Tony can get that job, you know, we're uh, on Twitter. Uh, at City Podcast or on Facebook, you can find us there and maybe let us know how Tony can get that job because he uh, he needs a new job after today's budget. Yeah. Um, so let's move on then to the Champions League. Uh, seven changes. Uh, I think on Twitter we've said that we're going to be the one, two, or three changes. Uh, sorry, one, two, or three players who started on Saturday. Uh, in fact, there were only four, so we were one out in the end. Um, predictable lineup, really. No huge surprises there, other than maybe a slight, slightly stronger side, in my view, than I was expecting, I guess. Yeah, but I was probably surprised to see De Bruyne start. Um, pretty much everywhere else, it was as expected. Um, I think he, he needs to give those players a game. There's a lot who... Oh, he's tended not to rotate too much this season. And when he has, it's been a cup game and he's made nine or ten switches. I actually think he probably needs to do more of you know bringing one player bringing two players because when you make so many changes it just affects the dynamic of the team and we looked a bit predictable lethargic yesterday it was reminiscent a little of last season when we just moved the ball quite slowly and um, and you know there wasn't anything really riding on the game we've already qualified and we're going to go through as group winners but I think as you know the next couple of months when we've got three games a week he's going to have to rotate more and that's not switching the whole team. That's making a couple of changes at a time. It's the point you made earlier, Ol, isn't it? We weren't at our best, and yet we still ground out you know, a, a win. And uh, we're undefeated in the Champions League. We're top of the group. And whatever happens uh, against um, Donetsk, it's, we're, we're going to be group winners. It's just phenomenal, isn't it? What, the, but the game last night, do you agree with Stephen? Didn't quite move it quick enough? Weren't quite at our best? Or is it just the fact we've got sort of seven or eight new faces uh, on the pitch? No, I think it's a combination, to be honest. I mean, yes, you're right, it wasn't our best game. We missed the creativity of Silver. I think KDB was pretty quiet, but he was quiet at Leicester. Um, Aguero, I'd say, was pretty insignificant. But, you know, a credit to Raheem Sterling with the finish. I think it was a brilliant finish. We did what we needed to do. Um, and and Ilke for the, uh, for the assist. I thought it was a very clever play, a quick one-two, going in behind the defender. Um, but, yeah, I mean, not, not our best performance, but qualifying top... I can't complain. Can I just pick up on Sterling with you, Tony? Because when he arrived from from Liverpool in 2015, I mean, he couldn't he couldn't score, could he? Do you, I don't know if you remember. Couldn't score. Back he couldn't then. cross. No, exactly. And suddenly, I mean, he has been absolutely transformed, hasn't it? Clearly, the lads worked hard. Pep, everybody says, must be the one who's sort of taken the credit. Just just reflect a bit on Sterling, and and, and now he's 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 looking at, and as Ollie says, that strike, the the 
the calmness under pressure the keeper came out and it was just sublime yeah we, he, it was very frustrating at first wasn't he I remember the League Cup final against Liverpool he missed I think two sitters there he, his, his final ball still there's room for improvement but he's he's scuffing them convincingly into the bottom corner in my opinion these days um, nine goals is it this season can't ask for more really can you and he's not even played that much he's had quite a bit of bench time I'm so, not sure if you're being well serious done. when you say scuffing in the corner. Are, are you genuinely think he's actually been a bit lucky, or, or do you re- lucky. or do you recognise? I know you're not a big Sterling fan, which is why I've deliberately come to you. Um, but but you have to give him credit for the goals he scored, and, he, and he's, he's he's looking just the confidence he has. He's, he's a different player. Surely. Oh, absolutely. I know. I'm being a little bit harsh. I mean, he's getting in all the right positions. Some of them, I still think he's not quite struck as cleanly as he might. But he's he's put the ball in the net. That's all that counts. So no, huge improvement. Delighted we've kept him. Um, and we're really one for the future still, isn't he? He's still young, isn't he? Mm. Are you are you are you with Tony on yeah, the I, Sterling situation? Yeah, still I don't think he's a natural finisher in the way that you know Aguero or Jesus are. Um, I think he does scuff the odd one into the net, but it, he's in the right position. Um, and I think his decision making has improved. There's still room for improvement. Was it Arsenal when he was him and Sane were through two on one, and yeah. he played one of the worst passes this season. Um, and at times you think he's not quite got the football brain to play the pretty one-twos that you know, the rest of the team do. But he gives you something different. He's, he's willing to run at defenders. He commits them. He makes them tackle and bring him down. And I think this was a big year for him because last season, the first third of the year, he was quite good um, and then faded away and just lacked that consistency. But I think his overall performance across 90 minutes this season has been very impressive. And he's in the right place and he's scoring and getting his assists. And he looks, I think you said it, the word, it was, he's confident at the minute. Yeah, I think the other thing to remember with Sterling is, I was quite surprised to see this, but he's actually only 22 years old. You know, he's 22 years old. I mean, it's not young at all. You know, it's not, it's not. I just think he's got a long time to go. He's not in his prime. He's doing the right thing. And yeah, I think he's very promising at the moment. He's happy with him, Tony. I know you don't like him. No, I'm, I'm happy with him now. Is as it well. because he played for Liverpool? Is that your problem with I him? I have no problem with Scousers, but uh, no, he was frustrating for the first season, season and a half, wasn't he? There was but too I many think wasted in that opportunities. Time you'd have said he's probably not kicked on from when he first broke through at Liverpool when he yeah, was what, 17, 18. Mm. Now I think he has. So the Stockport Iniesta then, mm. 17 years of age, Stockport local lad, City ruining football by bringing lads like this through the academy. Um, I, I read a statistic today. Is the first Englishman to be born in this millennium to play in the Champions League. I think there's two lads at Ju- Ju- Juventus who have played in the Champions League. But uh, his parents might have been a bit thrilled sitting there in the uh, in the family stand or wherever they were. Maybe in the tunnel club, wherever they were. But uh, your thoughts on Phil Foden then? Yeah, I mean, I think he's shown... Um that he can, you know, he, he's got the potential. I mean, he came on last night. I don't know what did he have, fifteen minutes or something. He wanted to hold the ball. He wanted to keep possession. He wanted to pass it about. I think, to be honest with you, when he first played again, I think it was a preseason friendly in America, and he stood up Pogba. I think you've got to give the guy some respect. I mean, he's seventeen, and also on the back of a World Cup win. I mean, credit to the bloke. I wish I was Phil Foden right now. That's the truth. <laughs> Phil Foden. We're just saying his name now. Um, yeah, I've, I've not seen a huge amount of him uh, for England or, or in City's youth groups, but Pep clearly likes him. You can just tell the way he talks about him in press conferences. There's a, a genuine warmth and almost excitement as to what Foden can do. 
I agree completely with Ollie. Looked comfortable. He wanted the ball. He was asking for it. Um, be quite easy for him to come on when it was nil nil and and almost hide and be on the fringes of the game. But he he wanted to be involved, as did Brahim when he came on as well. And Brahim Diaz and, and he, again he, he he's only there for a couple of minutes. But it's great, isn't it, that we're getting these young lads through? Yeah, it's and lovely. Uh, Listen, it's, we always said the long term plan was to build an academy and make sure the club was sustainable. And we're 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 doing exactly the right thing. We get very little credit for it across. Uh, uh, the press, but there you go. Two two good debuts last night. Solid, assured for what little they did, and uh, augurs very well for the future. I think the highlight for me was KDB's excellent booking, which I thought he, he played a blinder. Um, he, he so did, it, didn't we, he? We've got to give him credit for that, surely. I mean, that was, like, Pep picked him up, didn't he, for yeah. fouling him a little bit too close to the box. But uh, it's, yeah, the only thing you could criticise with him, isn't it? But the only thing you could criticise for, I suppose, was that where he fouled him. Mm. Um, I'm sure all our listeners know exactly what we're talking about. Ollie's looking slightly confused here, uh, our engineer, but but we all know what we're talking about. Um, yeah, come on, pay attention, Ollie. Come on. He was reviewing all of Tottenham's uh, trophy wins over the last 20 years. I think that's what oh, distracted him. That's probably what it is. Uh, so it does mean that, of course, he, he, he fortunately misses out on the trip to the Ukraine. Um, and he's he's fit for the game against Stratford. It's just like, worked brilliantly, didn't it, really? Good good work. Am I cynical, or do you think that was no, what you planned? I think there are times in the Champions League, especially over the past few years, when we've not been as cynical as you know we could be. And you see you know, the Spanish teams and Italian teams. I think Juventus did it when it was probably three or four years ago now. They were 1-0 up with 15 minutes to go. And they just kill the game. You, know, you touch them and they roll around. And of course, the fans get very frustrated and the ref gives free kicks everywhere and they bring on subs. It just kills the game. It prevents the other team getting momentum. And we're almost too nice at times. We don't want to foul people. We don't want to bring anyone down. And, okay, he's picked up a booking, but it's sort of the cynicism behind that means that he's now going to be available for when the real competition starts for us. And absolutely no problem with that at all. And and the game, I think it's the 6th of December in the Ukraine. Um, Do you think he's going to play? Is he going to be silly and sort of... Make eleven changes, or do you think he's got more respect for the for the competition than that? Because we've got—I'm I'm hoping seventeen changes. Actually, no, yeah. I think we do the, do what's best for us. We've got a well, relatively small game against some former big club in Stratford. I think the following week, haven't we? But yeah, we've got to do what's right for us. Other clubs have done it. We've we've earned the right, I think, to rest the first team squad. And how many teams have suffered after a, a long away visit in Europe? So we have to do the right thing. Rest them. Look, we've got, we've got Phil Foden and Diaz to play. So, Brian Mangala. Kidd, Arteta. Get them all in. <laughs> Would you, so, 17 changes, should, should we be as ruthless as that? I'd, Doesn't that show a lack of respect, though, to the competition by doing that? We'll, we'll I think, we've shown, I think we've shown our respect by winning the first five games. So, would you go 17? Would you literally take um, the, the, the development squad with you? I, I don't think he will. I think it will be 11 changes with a couple of big names on the bench. But I don't think there's any reason not to, to make wholesale changes. All right. Let's, uh, before we look forward to uh, the weekend uh, and have uh, some thoughts about our all-time big City 11, best City 11, let's take a quick break. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. Let's talk about Huddersfield at the weekend then. So I think it's Sunday, four o'clock. Um, so what? They're 10th, exactly halfway, 15 points. Your, your thoughts on Huddersfield, Ollie? Yeah, I mean, I know we're a Man City podcast, but I think we've got to give full respect to Huddersfield and for David Wagner as to what they've done this season. They're 10th. 
They're a newly promoted team. Um, when looking at the home record, actually, they're very good. Um, I think, you know, I think Tottenham are the only people that have beaten them at, at their place this season. I think they won 4-0. And yeah, credit to them. Uh, they'll be up for the game. We'll obviously be up for it as well. Um, but, you know, despite the fact that they've had a good home record in the form that we're in at the moment, it's a game that we should be winning. They, they lost, lost 4-0 last time out to they Bournemouth. They lost 4-0 to Bournemouth, Bournemouth, Bournemouth yeah. yeah. So... So yeah, respect to what they've done so far, but I think you know we've got to go in there all guns blazing. We'll turn him over big time. No, I think we we fear no one at the moment, do we? Um, you know they beat some other small club from Manchester a little while ago. So greed, we've got to treat them with respect. But there's no one we can't beat at the moment. He'll be back to the full full A team, as it were. Um, no new injuries, as far as I'm aware. So let's let's go and do the business. And that's it. I mean, we have had a situation which just didn't happen last year, where Pep is is able to pick, you know, un, apart from injuries, sort of pretty much unchanged sides. And you reckon he'll do that again? Pretty much the side that he sent out, injury injury free, yeah. that he put out against Leicester, I guess. Yeah, I think the only question is which of the two strikers plays. Otherwise, ten of the eleven pick themselves pretty much these days. Um, I guess it's Jesus's turn. Aguero had midweek. Um, but we'll, uh, I can't see us not turning them over. Yeah, they're, they're probably going to sit back and try and soak up pressure and, and counter-attack, but... Uh, I mean, if you remember last year, sort of we, I think it was 10 games, wasn't it, that we went uh, in the league without, uh, without uh, being beaten. And then eventually teams started to work us out. And even with this new system and the way we're playing, is there not going to be a danger at some point where a team will work us out? Like they did last year, playing the way. Now I know we don't have the quality. We didn't have the quality last year. You know, we've we've said this many times over the last few weeks. We've improved right across the the park. But eventually, teams are going to find us out, aren't they, and work out a way of defeating us. There's always that chance. I just haven't seen any weaknesses so far. We've not been lucky in any game. Maybe Bournemouth last minute winner, but we we dominated without threatening perhaps as much as we have of late. But I just don't see anyone's come even close to challenging us this year um and even when we've had players out as we said people have slotted in the squad is there and more than capable and we've actually got a keeper who keeps the ball out when we need him so um if someone can find a way good luck to them but plenty have tried so far and no one's come even close and I suppose Huddersfield aren't going to be the first team to do it this weekend you got a prediction for us then for for the game on Sunday I would like to think 4-0. To? Uh, I'm to gonna, City. Yeah. Ollie, just for your prediction. Then. I'm going to go 3-1 City. I think Huddersfield will get a goal, but I think we'll, we'll beat them. And uh, your weekly column in this national newspaper, do they get predictions from you as well, or do you just they review games just after the post-match thought or two? Um, I was going to say 4-0 as well. All right. Um, now, we are, as a bit of fun, uh, to finish off this week's show, uh, as you know, compiling our best ever City eleven. Uh, we've done our goalkeepers. We have, uh, those that haven't listened before, we came up with four nominations to, to pick our goalkeeper and a reserve keeper. And to remind people, the four names were Frank Swift, Bert Troutman, Joe Corrigan, and snuck in Joe Hart, just for the... Uh, trophies that he won recently with us so they were the four nominations and we're now doing defenders this week and what we do of course is we come up with the serious contenders one or two maybe to put a smile on our face who maybe what aren't going to make that list um do you want to start with a one that's going to put a smile on our face a defender who's nowhere near this list or any thoughts about that 
Um, Tony, do you have any thoughts? I think on? my favourite ever left back was uh, Fronchek, uh, a classic ball signing, wasn't he? Who was just awful. I mean, just awful. Um, That's all I've written down. Yeah. Well. So. <laughs> Yeah, he definitely goes in the B team, I'm afraid. Yeah, he's not going to make it, is he? Uh, your worst defender than Ollie that you've maybe seen? In, in, you've only been watching like five years, I know, but uh, you love them <laughs> yeah, all, I know. 2008 for me, but I mean, um, worst defender? It's a difficult question. I mean, Andy Morrison's a very different defender to Kyle Walker, I'll tell you that for sure, <laughs> but I mean, in terms of my worst, it's difficult to say. Sure. Stephen, I, I want to make a smile. Worst value for money in terms of expectations we've mentioned in tonight Mangala has to be up there 42 million for someone who can't really kick a ball or head a ball it's not great okay he's had he's had more mentions than probably deserves hasn't he tonight Let, let's let's move on to then sort of the people who I've got to come up with a list come up with a list before we go uh, in this show so defenders then who you think are worthy of a mention and I'm sure there are a number that spring to mind for the years you've been watching the Blues yeah, long time. Uh, I think, look, let's get the obvious one out of the way. Company would be on my team sheet every time. Great player, great captain. He's won loads with us. Yeah, he gets a place. But going back a few generations, I'd love to have uh, someone like Doyle on the team sheet. He'd take no nonsense. Hated Man United. Good enough for me. Stephen, do you want to add a few names? Um, yeah, I'd add a couple of names from my lifetime. Uh, Zabaleta. Fairly obvious. Saint Zabaletta on this show, please. Um, Was he wearing a sky blue scarf or was that an Argentina scarf he was wearing training at West Ham? (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to think it was a city scarf. I'm sure it was Argentina, but I liked all the the banter. Uh, Company, absolutely. Richard Dunn. Um, Probably not as talented a defender as what we have now, but absolutely perfect for when we needed him. But interestingly, he has won more Player of the Year trophies than any other city player. He's won four. So that's got to count for something. Absolutely, I think, he was a rock and carried us for a few years. Yeah, he also holds the record, doesn't he, for the most own goals <laughs> in the Premier League? So he does. A bit of a bit of a mixed bag, but he does. You'd love to go for a pint with him, wouldn't you? You would. Any more than because so I've got a list here, and obviously I've told I go back further than anybody else. We've not course, got a left back at the moment. No. Well, exactly. I mean, I come from the same generation as Stephen, and yeah, companies on there. Richard Dunn's on there. Sylvan Distan's on there. Just in oh. terms of a bit more longevity. Really? Yeah. Um, no. Not happy yeah. about that. Sorry. Not happy where does him. that come but from? I mean, yeah. I know Richard Dunn's on there as well. But I think the big question is, I think we'd sort, the question is more who are our favourites. Because in terms of quality, can we compare any of the players we've just mentioned to our current strongest back four? You know, that Richard well, Dunn wasn't in a team that was being potentially talked about as the best team in Europe. Sure. But Distan, you don't don't start sort of deflecting. I mean, maybe your, it was because was, I don't think that's I mean, a silly shout. I mean, though. maybe it was more because I bumped into him when he was walking his dogs <laughs> in the park, and he actually had a bit of time for me. Ah, that might be it. That, that's allowed. You know, makes sense. You know, I'm makes sense my, now. Yeah, but you know, uh, can I go for a slightly controversial one? No, well, I think Distan's too kind. Uh, Distan's not going I'm, in. I'm appalled I, at that. Actually, I'm actually appalled. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go for what about Paul Lake, who did play centre half for us. Talking about a ball playing centre half. Your call, Nigel. Well, um, I'm, was it was he a defender? He was converted into a defender, wasn't he? 
was originally know what, in midfield. to know what he would say he was. I didn't see him as a defender, I have to say. But, you know, we had players, we've got players that I'm going to come on, like people like Glyn Pardew, who played as a striker, played mm-hmm. in the League Cup final as a striker, but actually is known as a defender. So yeah. those people, it's a good question, those people who can play in two positions. Still need a left back. I mean, I'm, I could volunteer right. myself, but. Um, well, I've, I've got your left back for you, so I've got, I've got, a, I've got a couple here. So, yeah, go on, okay. who's your left back? Well, I think Tony Book deserves a very well, honourable mention. Right back. Fair point. Okay. So we, he's, we, the, he's on the list. Yeah, we can edit that bit out later, can't we? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but um, who, who played left back when, when Book played right is a fellow called Glimpardo. Yes. So, you know, and there's another one as well, Willie Donerkey. Yes, Willie, great so, player. You know, those, so, you know, I think we have to go back to the late 60s okay. and 70s to and find I'm, our left back. I'm going to give a mention to Andy Hinchcliffe, if only really? for his cross in the 5 1. <laughs> he doesn't get any, and you, he's header sorry he's header wasn't it it was mm. mm. arrived from nowhere whenever yes. come. where's he Where did, yeah, exactly yeah. are we allowed to promote another podcast on this of podcast of course as long as not, not the Red Bastards no Andy Hinchcliffe not only is he a very good Sky co-commentator yeah. he's also on a podcast called Set Piece Menu with sorry Set Piece Menu Set Piece Menu okay um, four of them listen every week he's excellent real sense of humour insight comes across very well different to this one then Sense of humour and interesting. Mm. It sounds completely different to it's the It's all right show. when you're not here. Yeah, William Hume boy as well, isn't he? Local, local, local lad, lad, which that's I like. Good. Um, so there's one or two that you haven't mentioned, and maybe I'll just go back sort of a bit further. So I think we've got Book and Pardo have got to be there as, as right and left back yep. from the late 60s. The other one that we haven't talked about is Tommy Booth. I was going to mention Tommy, actually. Yeah. Still I involved with the club. remember him. Good lad. Saw him on the train the other week. Um, nice Am bloke. I the only one who hasn't seen any of our... Former city defenders walking their dogs or on a tube. <laughs> I think you must be. I, I'm you should get out more. I saw Michael Brown on a tube once, but he's I probably not a, a contender. I shared a jacuzzi with Michael Brown. Yeah. Go on, tell us a story. Well, it's not that interesting. <laughs> I just went to the local club in Cheadle and uh, I was in there and in walked Michael Brown. Yeah. Turned out my mate Stag do as well, actually. <laughs> he gets around, doesn't he? <laughs> was he in his swimming trunks there as well? He, was, he'd, he'd actually broken his wrist. And it was it was it was July, so he he, must, he could only have had a fight. It certainly yeah, wasn't a going football too hard injury. into a tackle. I'd say to be honest. With <laughs> <laughs> can I complete my? But we can talk about Michael Brown if you like. Uh, we'll put him in next. We'll week put him in next week. Exactly. We're not doing uh, Dave Watson. Yes. Yes. And Mick McCarthy. Big Mick. Yes. Yes. You know what the list grows, doesn't it? It does. And I'm going to put one more in as well, and that's Dave Ewing. Now I know I'm going back a long way here. But I think Dave Ewing has got to be in there as well. Even before my time, that, I'm afraid. We're really in black and white now. Yeah. Um, so, any yeah, other- he has already been mentioned, but Zabaleta, I'd just like to give him a bit of a shout-out for being caught uh, in West Ham training the other day, still wearing a Man City scarf, which I've got a lot of time for, to yep. be honest. Yeah, it, but it was an Argentina scarf. We just, just Yeah, that's what people say. Mm, I think it was sky blue. I think Argentina's blue is a little bit darker, but okay, we'll agree to disagree. Very good. So, um, can I read out my list then? Of, of it's not Michael Fron- Fronzek. Definitely not. He's no. not in. Um, so, Book, Pardo, Doyle, Booth, Watson, Company, Zavaleta, Dunn, Donerkey, McCarthy, Ewing. I'm crossing Lake out because I think we're going to talk about him next week. Are we happy that for our shortlist to get down to, say, four or something? But we'll come up with the rules before it's time to vote anyway. But that's our list. Amazing. I'm happy with that. Yeah, yep. yeah, happy. And if you have any thoughts uh, on who we've missed out or who's a rubbish like Distan that Ollie's come up with, if you think there's any rubbish ones in there, just like Ollie's suggestion, <laughs> I've lost all respect for him now. You know, yeah, that. I thought yeah. he'd, I thought he'd done well, hasn't he? Yeah. He's been back, not been here for a couple of years. He comes up with Distan as one of our Was greatest. Ever. Made it or not? No. Oh, it's Why a good is, podcast. Why is, 
<laughs> so walking your dog and being a good podcaster does not get you on this list these are legends of Manchester City defence um, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to welcome and I thank my three guests to Ollie Black to Tony Newgrosh and to Stephen Always. thank you this is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon this is a playback media production to listen to all our football podcasts visit playbackmedia.co.uk the man city show is backed for the season by ladbrooks if you're a large organization involved in managing purchasing or making decisions on software licenses you need livingston livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licenses to legally use it this information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk and we're also available on all podcast platforms including iTunes, Acast and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.